New York Artist Collective. Hi there and welcome to the New York Artist Collective podcast this next one's about. This is the podcast where we take a song from a New York artist and get behind it in a little bit more detail. My name is Stephanie Manz, I am your host and one of the New York Artist Collective co-producers. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Stephen Babcock, New York Artist Collective alum. Uh, he has performed with us at a show sometime last year and he's just released a new single and given it's Halloween we thought this one was rather appropriate. Stephen is going to tell us about his latest single, Devil. Stephen Babcock, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so lovely to see you again and to, to, to talk music again. I'm, it must have been, hang on, when did you do the, the, the NYC show with us? November last year? Yeah, it was sometime last year. We were talking about uh, my prior record, I think, last time we were yeah. meeting too, which is kind of crazy to think about. So, yeah. yeah, it's fun. We're doing some, We've I've started to revisit a couple of people. Like yeah. I did Kevin Daniel um, recently, which is, I, I think that, that was out last week. Um, I think I'll I'll be doing maybe Aki Burmese as well. Sure. So it's it's fun to kind of see where people are a year on. Yeah. Um and with new releases it's always sure. it's always really remarkable, I think, a year on to see where you've where you've come, what the, your journey has been, you know, what you've been up to in the last year. So I'm excited to chat about your new record, Devil. Mm-hmm. Um and that came out was that September? September thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth, it came out. So far it's been really good. It's been really exciting. I, as I'm sure you know, like when you put something new out, you never really know what people are gonna think. You know, you kinda like light the firework and you hope it explodes and sometimes it just kind of fizzles out and sometimes it really blows up and in a great way. And so this one seems to have done pretty well, as I'm always hoping for the best, but this one seems to have kind of measured expectations really well and People are really have enjoyed it, so I'm very excited about it. Um, I love the cover of it as well. I think it was on a road. It was sort of a bit, a bit different for you. My friend uh, Daryl Ron always tells me, you know, why are you putting yourself on the cover all the time? Like, why don't you change it just so it looks something different? And I was like, you're right. I really should, because no one needs to see my ugly mug, you know, every day of the week. So <laughs> I said, all right, and I contacted my friend. My friend's name is Mayan, and. He runs this company called Again and Again, and he does like some fashion stuff and some design stuff. He's like the coolest guy. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to do the cover. Let's just do it. And he took this photo. That's a photo actually of his wife. And I wanted kind of something dark and mysterious about it because the song is devil and the song itself is very mysterious. And so he was like, cool, let's just try this. And I was like, what if we scratch over the face? And he's like, yeah, let's just do that. And and then he layered the photo in and did the scratch. It looks kind of, to me, like an old photograph that somebody scratched off the face, yep. like either from bad times or, you know, a breakup, or, breakup something. or something. And it just seems <laughs> just seems very cool and very different. And for me especially, and I've actually gotten a lot of response on that, just people being like, oh, this is like a new look for you. And, I, and that's almost more um, refreshing than even just being like, oh, I like the song. It's like, oh, it means growth. And growth is good, I think. And I'm glad you noticed it. That mm-hmm. means we did the job right. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And I remember when you released it, I'm sure you shared the cover first. Yes. I think I, I try to always like either a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, right before it comes out, just show the cover that tends to just get people interested in what that looks like and oh, what is the song going to sound like then, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think music and covers, like I'm so into that. Like I love the visual aspect of music, which I think, and not just like video, like yeah, video is cool. And like, I love YouTube you know, music videos, classic, but the cover art is like one of those lost charms, especially nowadays, or you can still see it in streaming, but like I remember going to the store as a kid and like picking up a, a cassette or a record and like, yeah. or a CD and it's like the cover is really cool. And it's just like, those were always like, what's this about? And even, especially if it was an artist you didn't know, it made you almost really want to dig in and then test it, you know, and yeah. listen to the music and try it. And I, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I guess was, we, lo- we lost that with digital. Kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you can totally still see covers and things and they're still, yeah. 
conversation pieces is certainly out there, but album cover is important, or a single cover in this case is, is always important to me because mm-hmm. I want to make it like, kind of tell a little story, even if it's not the same story that identically to the song's story, quote unquote. I like what the cover can kind of make you think of. And in terms of the song, how big a departure do you feel that that was from your regular stuff? It's kind of different in the same, I think. It does feel different. You know, I never felt like my music that I've released prior was very poppy or singer songwritery. I think over the last two years, though, I've noticed more that the songs have leaned way heavier into Americana, and I've always been chasing that. And I, some people I think, think Americana is like a dirty word as far as a genre, which always makes me laugh. Really? I, I know some artists who are like very against it. I really love it, and I always embraced it. And when people would say, "Oh, you sound like this artist or that artist that are Americana, like true on," like they would say, "I'm Americana." That's a huge compliment. I always loved that because yeah. I think it's the best blend of folk and blues and soul and rock and pop country and everything, and country and yeah. and so I always just love that. But I think everyone writes songs. A certain way like I think especially myself at least I'll sit down and I'll try to write a song and it kind of always comes out in a similar shell kind of like extrudes out like you know mm-hmm. so I try to force myself a little bit to lean heavier into something I think is more Americana and less pop I think sometimes my songwriting can tend to be a little like very singer songwritery and especially a few years ago and now that I've gotten more more acclimated to or just tried to be a better songwriter and try to work on the craft mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of pull more notes of blues or country out which has been exciting and so this song in particular is very bluesy very yes. swampy which is exactly kind of what I wanted to go for I, I wanted it to feel southern which it's no it's no uh, secret my love for the southeast by any means but also I wanted it to feel genuine and, and interesting and I kind of married like this New York night out thing with this like theme with this kind of swampy blues dark overtone that I you see in like a Howlin' Wolf or like a Muddy Waters yes. or a Stevie Ray Vaughan even kind of flavor and it, it just kind of morphed into this thing I had had that riff for so long and then it kind of became this yep. bluesy tune that is so to answer your question long-winded I'm sorry it is different it is different and I but I think that's really exciting and really cool um of all the new songs that I'm putting out and have put out it's one of my favorites for yeah. sure. I mean, I love it. It is almost pure blues in the way that you've, you know, like the guitar follows the the melody. Yeah. As you're singing it, and then you kind of like there's a little bit of Rhodes guitar, uh, Rhodes piano on it. Yes, there's like a yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a little thing there, and then like the the kind of really dirty guitar sound that you've got at the end. Yes. Or you know, sort of in the middle. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting in terms of the songwriting. What what is that about for you? What did you draw that from? The main inspiration for me was this episode of Black Mirror, which for those of you who may or may not know, it's a it's like a British TV show. It's on Netflix and it's dark and it's kind of like about technology and like human behavior and everything in like the digital age kind of. But it's also kind of about it. Usually, is very dark. It's like yeah. usually oh, it's like, very dark. It's very like very grim it's kind uh, of a, a, show. Yeah, it's like a black mirror on like humanity. Yeah, it's it is, and it's yeah. so. There's this episode where John Hamm is in is in it from Mad oh, Men. He's in it, yes. and he's like, oh, that's creepy. And he's like. Uh, the episode, and I, I'm trying to remember it correctly because it's been a while since I actually watched the episode. He was like a dating coach. That's exactly right. Yeah. And he was in the but eye in of the, the person. Almost like in a Google Glass type. Yeah, so like yeah. you see, like it's, it's so funny the way they did it too in the show because like I think a classic like rom-com trope, especially like the 90s, early aughts, is like there's a guy on a date and there's like a guy in, a, in like an earpiece and he's like telling him what to say and he gaffs it up and then everyone's like, oh, and then that woman actually ends up falling in love with the guy. 
But in this episode, he's like, John Hamm is seeing through the, the guy who's on the date and he's trying to like coach him through the date. But it, it kind of, the date turns very twisted. And then I, if I remember correctly, like the date ends very badly and like the guy gets hurt or killed or something. But long story short, I kind of loosely took that idea. What if you're like on a date and you're like, either being coached or, you know, the, the character in the song is kind of like on the prowl. He's out at night, like looking for love or lust or whatever. And it's very like New York. I felt like it's also kind of inspired by like a very Lower East Side kind of like night out, you know, looking for a hookup or something. So it was inspired by that Black Mirror episode of like a kind of a date gone awry or like a night out gone awry. But also just, I was really intrigued. I feel like so often I've written about like love songs or breakup songs. and You're meh. very good at those, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, you know, been through a few, but um, I wanted to check to take a look at, and I don't think it's been really explored as kind of maybe the power dynamic of love and relationships. Mm -hmm. The idea of the, the overarching really theme of the song is kind of who is in charge here. Sometimes you think it's one thing, sometimes you think it's another, and I liked the idea of the song kind of never really telling you who is and who is not. And, you know, there's a line in the song about who's the spider and who's the fly. It's kind of like, I think when you go on a date, you know, maybe you feel like you kind of know what you're doing and then maybe you don't. And it's not even like in a malicious way or anything, but just kind of like who, who here really wants to be here. Sometimes that can be very confusing when you're, especially when you're like just meeting somebody and you're just starting to date them and you're kind of like, oh, does this person really want me or do I really want them? Or like what the power dynamic there is always interesting. And I just think it's unexplored and I thought it'd be kind of cool to dig into that. No, that's very cool. And you're right. It's a, you know, first dates are so awkward. Exactly. You and know. you're just trying to figure it out as you're on the date. And you're like, do they exactly. like me? Yeah. How, how, do I, should I be more confident because I know that totally. they like me? And then it just colors the entire day. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting concept for, yeah. for a song. All right, well, let's take a listen to it. This is Stephen Babcock and Devil.
devil and in the break because obviously we have breaks in podcasts um we were talking about the theme of that song and what's so interesting about it in the sense of the way that we write about love as songwriters can Mm -hmm. often be from the perspective where you're heartbroken Mm -hmm. or or love is unrequited or you know different perspectives of love but this is an interesting kind of who has the power Mm -hmm. does it matter Mm -hmm. is it is it does it change sure that's what i was getting at kind of is in relationships i sometimes you feel like oh well it's the guy the guy has the power and then or like the he's the strong one because physically usually that's the case but i find tend to find that when i in relationships that either you know people i know or even in my own like the girl is clearly smarter and much better than I am and they run the show. And I think that's interesting is that with songs that I know of in about love or relationships tend to be, I'm heartbroken or I'm leaving so-and-so. Yes. They're very either very proactive or very, I'm hurt. And I liked the song idea because it doesn't really tell you who is doing the hurting or the, who is doing the, you know, being hurt or whatever. And, or, it's not even, this song isn't even a breakup song, so it's not even really about a hurting thing, but who is who loves who and why and, and kind of playing with the dynamic of a relationship as far as, you know, what is each character in the song looking for? What do they yeah. want? Well, I think that in itself shows tremendous growth for you as a songwriter. Sure. And I guess Thanks. my next question about that was going to be, how has this song 
shaped the way that you've continued to write after this? Because you've obviously kind of touched on something and thought, oh, I'm doing something new and different here. Sure. You know, you'll never be able to get the breakup song out of me. You know, I'm always going to write that type of tune. I always like that. I think it's not. But it's, you're so it, loved up and happy now. <clears throat> I, I am. I'm doing. I'm very lucky uh, that I, I don't have to be thinking about breakups anymore, which is great. But I. I do love a kind of a sad, I like sad music, so it's very easy for me to write a sad kind of breakup y or just like a sad song. But I think what I've tried to kind of tackle now are deeper subjects. So relationships, dynamics, you know, and things like that, or things about like addiction or uh, trouble in life or emotional struggles that are not just dealing with love, but oneself, you know, about personal growth or feeling fulfilled or not in, in one's life. I, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to explore some of those things more. And that's not to say that, I, again, I won't put another love song out or another breakup song out, but I, I try to, when I sit down and write, uh, try to dig into some of those deeper themes because those, like you said, you know, they're more interesting now and they're more exciting. And I just feel like as a growing person, you're just, you know, you're going to start to write about deeper topics because you just have experienced more. Mm -hmm. So you have a new release coming out November 8th, so yep. next week, mm -hmm. called Willow Tree. Yep. Has that gone in the same direction? It's a similar direction. It's a dark song as well, like as far as chords for the music folks out there. Um, you know, it's a very minor song. Instead, I've played it a few times at some shows and I kind of always preface it with, it's really about, and when I was growing up, there was this willow tree at our at our house that I was kind of loved. It was on the corner of the house and I always loved it. But I kind of wanted to use the tree as a starting point to branch out, pun intended. Mm -hmm. Um, or not that whatever, um, but basically to it's a really about if you dig into the song, it's kind of a civil warsy type song about love and romance. Civil wars, you mean the band? Civil wars, the yeah. band. Yeah, okay. sorry, not not the actual, the actual war, <laughs> uh, but another moody type of love song. I kind of always say it's kind of about like uh, my my parents and kind of their relationship, kind of always intertwined, kind of like the roots of a tree. Um, you know, and the, the, though this, the chorus of the song is about you're not supposed to love some somebody, basically is what the chorus is saying, you know, not being available or able, which is not my parents' case. They're happily married and have been for a very long time, and they're very sweet. The verses are very much, I think, about their relationship, which is interesting to look at love, not in a personal way, but in a kind of a third-person view, which I don't think I've ever really done. But I just kind of love this song. The song is about this deep, love and as the song goes it kind of talks about it spanning the years you know mm -hmm. of time and how good love strong love yeah. like that just lasts you your whole life yeah. and it's something i've always admired and i've always i've been very lucky that you know my parents have stayed together and have been wonderful parents and i'm just very blessed that way and i wanted to write kind of a song that kind of alluded to that and it's not a, again it's not like a direct like this is like the my you know, Jack and Diane, you know, story of their life or anything, but it's just like kind of a, a loosely based, you know, kind of song about their kind of romance and then also this willow tree that my parents had at their our house growing up. And what do your parents think of the song? I haven't told them yet. Oh, okay. um, but I think if I told them, they'd probably be like very confused because I think they would probably take it very literally. And it's like, it's not so much that. My mother doesn't play any instruments, but she like loves music. And my father is an amazing piano player, like the, the best I know. And he's so good. And I think he, he always like loves to, to chat, you know, it'll come home for the holidays or something, and he'll chat it up and we'll chat music. And then we'll kind of, I play the drums, and so I'll do like a little jazz duo or trio play like for my mother, and she'll listen and stuff. I think they'll hear it and they'll like it, but I think they'll kind of be like, oh, it's about us. I'm like, yeah, kind of, like, not really. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, I'm <laughs> just like, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, and I, you know, Donovan Woods always, he's another songwriter I really love, and he's always talking about how, like, 
he'll put a song out and then people will say, oh, what's that about? And then I'll just make up like the craziest story. Sometimes I feel like when I do interviews, I, I feel like I should be like, oh yeah, that's about this time like met this girl and it was like, a, we fell on a banana together and it was just like real weird and I slipped and it's like, just make up a wacky story, you know? And then, but instead I always end up just being like, no, no, no I'm just gonna tell you what it's about. I always kind of teeter on that. I just, just thinking about that as I was explaining it. I was like, maybe I should have just been like, oh, is that time I threw that slushy over my head and it landed on somebody's face, you know, or something wacky. And then we started dating. And then we started dating and we fell in love, you know what I mean? Something real like a Meg Ryan, you know, 90s movie. You know? I love Meg Ryan 90s movies. I do too. Yeah. yeah it's hard not to love. I know. But do you know what? Of all the songwriters I speak to, there are a lot of rom-com fans, which makes sense because we're yes. hopeless romantics. I think that has to, there is a correlation yeah. or some kind of, you know, link there. There has mm. to be. For sure. Um, so Stephen, what do you have coming up other than, so you've got Willow Tree coming out, you've got mm -hmm. a couple of gigs. Um, just a various amounts of um, So Far Sounds shows. I have some other shows uh, trying to line up a couple other things here in New York and then I'll be DC and Baltimore on uh, November 15th for DC, November 16th for Baltimore. Those are both So Far Sounds shows. And if you, if I forget to mention anything, it's all on my website, stephenbabcockmusic.com. It's Stephen with a PH. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And Stephen, one final question for you. Mm -hmm. This is this is the new thing that I've added to the podcast. Okay. I mean, you were you probably remember the days of the iPod? Yes, I certainly so do. If you still had an iPod now, what would be your top 3 most played tracks on said iPod? Wow. First first would be just because I listen to it before I do any show. Some people know, some people don't. It's kind of like a weird fun fact. But I listen to Kesha's Your Love Is My Drug before every single show, right before I go on the stage. That is so interesting. Um, I just started doing it in college, and then mm -hmm. I just never stopped. The song came out when I was like a freshman in college, and this is a fun track. And people, we'd listen to it before we went out. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then it just became a thing where I would like, it was hooked on it. And then it just became like, super, I'm very superstitious also. And so I was like, oh, okay, now I have to do this before every show. Otherwise, the show will be terrible, <laughs> and I have to do it. So I, okay. that's certainly one of them. The second would be something by Dawes, maybe Bear Witness by Dawes. When I first heard Dawes, I went, that's what I want to sound like. I went, that that's it. And I don't think I ever will. You can't ever really, I think, you know, get exactly to where you think, you know, that the artist you want to be like is. You kind of have to do your own thing. But And then probably the final track would have to be, I think, In Your Atmosphere by John Mayer or something like that. Maybe 3 by 5 by John Mayer or something like that. Okay. Like something like very, either on Room for Squares or that, that live in Nokia theater record. Mm -hmm in your atmosphere or something like that. It's just like, especially in your atmosphere, like what a track, you know, I, I think I, and that song came out like, and I've always been like an unabashed John, John Mayer fan. I don't really listen as much maybe anymore as I used to, but he's just such an inspiration to me as far as, and I think a lot of people, as far as why you kind of pick up a guitar, because mm -hmm. it's very accessible and you kind of like, oh, you know, I, I remember being like a teenager and being like, wow, like this, I really get this. And I yeah. really didn't get it, but I felt like I did. And that was really like charming to me. Kesha's Your Love Is My Drug, Bear Witness by Dawes, and then In Your Atmosphere by John Mayer. Those those three songs would probably be the one that would be on the iPod shuffle, you know, with like yeah, the yeah, yeah, there was you know, you only had like what, you know, like a hundred, you know, kilobytes or yeah, yes. or whatever it was, or like yes, one yes, one yes. gig and that was it, and you had yeah. to like cram everything in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I miss those days. So Stephen Babcock, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Absolutely, anytime. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. We will be in touch. Um good luck with the Willow Tree. Was thank it, you. Is it Willow Tree or Willow, the Willow Tree? Willow Tree. There's okay. no no the, no the this time. Good luck with Willow Tree. Thank you. 
And we'll speak to you soon. Absolutely. Take care. Stephen Babcock there, and you can find him at Stephen Babcock Music. He's on Instagram and all of the things. Make sure that you follow him also on Spotify, and you can check out the dates that he's playing coming up soon. Now, if you enjoyed that track from Stephen, he has very graciously agreed to give us a behind-the-scenes acoustic version of this song, and if you want to check it out, all you need to do is click the link in today's episode details and sign up for our mailing list, and we will send that directly to you. Thank you so much for listening to the New York Artist Collective podcast this next one's about. My name is Stephanie Manns, and I'll see you next week for a wonderful episode with a Nashville artist called Samuel Lee, here to play us an incredible track that I really, really love. See you next time. New York Artist Collective.